welcome to the Skids Up podcast. You're either bi-weekly, bi-monthly, bi-yearly, or whenever we can edit podcast goodness. So, uh, <laughs> bi-monthly, bi-weekly, bisexual, I don't know where, where that was going, Frank. <laughs> uh, you know what? I just tried to go roll with the punches here. But Javier, we, we got to really, really tune up your introduction there, right? You know, you know, yes. I'm not one. I'm not one to judge anybody's choices, life choices, or decision making. But man, ooh, that's uh, excuse me. Yeah, not cool. Not cool. All right, awesome. So, as you guys heard, uh, we have a very special guest today. So, first, let's start with the official introduction. So, Frank, say hi. Frank, say hi. Awesome, awesome. I I never know how to follow up on that one. I have to think about that. That's kind of the point. It's kind of like my one, my yeah. one constant, my one constant in this uh, podcast. I answer that way every time because you always ask me to say hi. So yeah, yeah, seems seems to work for me. Yep, yep. It's like it's it's like going it's like Kevin going first on free fall, or Shaggy complaining about something. You know, it's everybody has their own little thing. Yes, yes, I agree, I agree. Okay, and we also have uh, another fellow guest host today we have steve shaw so steve say hi hey y'all how's everybody doing <laughs> he thought about that he thought about that he didn't want to steal your thunder i appreciate that steve thank you hey, all right from sunny, so, uh, sunny south florida man it's great to be here yes awesome okay, okay before we start this let's, let's let's make some corrections here my friend steve you're not in sunny south florida i'm in sunny south florida you're in you're in, you're in sunny middle florida okay don't you know, you're <laughs> central, the, east central Florida. Okay, I, I got it. I, I'm in the I'm in the land of um, yeah. I'll just leave it like that. I don't I don't I don't opportunity have and yeah yeah. We don't even want to go there. Yeah yeah. Well, you're you're yeah, both WWDs, so anyways. I oh, 100% of that one all year long. Like you won't catch me in the in the cold, unless I'm going to RCHL. Then I'll then I'll bear the the cold. You know, I'm not like Mr. Steve Shaw here, Mr. Shaw, who sells me out and that doesn't come to the event. Oh, way, so Steve, wrong, man. So wrong. By the way, Steve, you missed out on a hell of an event. And, you know, I'm going to start off with this. I'm, I'm taking the first pack at this uh, hobby, so please forgive me. But, um, so I'm going to jump into what I think is pretty cool or what I've been up to. I, I attended RCHO, which never, never disappoints. Jay and his crew just do an amazing job. The food, the flying. I didn't crash one single machine, and that's that's a miracle. So so far, I got two pump flies back to back that I haven't destroyed a machine. So I'm really happy. I think I'm really. I turned the corner. I got over this. I needed to crash the helicopters, and that was really awesome. The drive was forever long. A 12-hour drive on Friday, and a 12-hour drive back on Sunday. What else? Frank, uh, I can't believe that. I mean, did they swap you out? Did I mean, did an alien come in and swap your soul for something for someone else or something? I mean, you didn't actually crash. Yeah. So, so what are you what are you concerned about that I that I didn't crash the machine? Or that I yeah. Have so yeah. I mean, I mean, you always crash something. I mean, you're like send it. I mean, I don't I don't care if <laughs> I crash. Yeah. It's, you know, in the great words of Keith Williams, send it to you end it, and I ended a lot of them. Let's <laughs> not play around. I put a lot of machines in. Uh, some my fault, some not really, but 
I take the credit and the responsibility. I take ownership of that. You know, it takes a lot of year. Yeah, Javier, I think you've been a really good influence on Frank. What I understand, he's no longer flying nitro helicopters, and I got to give him a lot of credit for that. It's all electric now, baby. Nice. That's that's not true. That's not true. I just I just I've had my Prevost nitro on the sidelines. Me and it, me and it are not uh, vibing very well. But it's we have come to a game plan. We have an execution, and all I got to do now is just get it done. And she'll be flying by torches. By that, the that, that thing is in the sidelines right where it belongs. <laughs> Dude, I really do. I nice. really do love I really do love the helicopter, but every time I fly it, I have like this need to like just send it to like the thousand percent, man. And it's just like it hangs on for dear life. And it takes a beating, but man. Doesn't it look doesn't pretty it, on the shelf? No, man, not at all. Actually, I, I took away, I changed out the carbon boom and I went to the regular aluminum boom with the boom struts and it looks pretty freaking beefy. I like the way it looks a lot. There you and, go. Then yeah. you don't want to, then you don't need to fly it. Oh, no, no, I have to fly it. You got to fly the nitro for it's fun. You know, it's funny. I'm going to change my model on the sim because I don't know if everybody knows this, but every time we're in this podcast, I'm usually have the sim open and I'm, and I'm fine. I'm practicing. So I'm actually going to change my model to the MSH Protos uh, uh, Nitro. And in that topic, I want to say that I'm looking forward to building a uh, XL Spectre V2 gasser for Black Ops here this, this next year. Nice. For, it's going to be really cool. But so, Steve, I, I'll bet you, you know, you hear a bit about betting dinners. I'll bet you a dinner that I'll have my that V2 gasser flying before you have your miniature one. <laughs> okay, got a, got a couple... Got a couple of questions to ask you about that. Then, have you do you actually have all the parts already in I South Florida? No, I have nothing. Okay, all right, I, I, I'm on. <laughs> You're on. Yes, sir. Can't put me on. Definitely on. This sounds like okay. something I've got. I've got wind all over it, so no problem there. You, you have you have everything. You have a helicopter that's almost ready to fly, and I don't have anything yet. So you have a big I, chance. I, of I got a few. Well, let's be correct. I got a few helicopters almost ready to fly. Really. The only uh, thing I've got, only challenge I've got, Frank, is that I heard this guy a while back saying that absolutely the 100% best FBL out there is a three digit. And so I got a couple of them. They're sitting here in a box. I haven't actually put them in any helicopters yet. I think I'm going to put it in a gasser. <laughs> and so I thought I would talk to the guy that, that is Mr. Three Digi and see if uh, maybe Javier could help me. But anyway, sorry, go ahead, Frank. Do you want to get me started? Because you're the one that got that whole fabulous thing started, Steve. We, Javier, we spoke, we spoke about this. We will no longer have a discussion about fiber. <laughs> yes, I mean, I, 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 got, I got a big talk about that. I mean, uh, right. I, was all, I was almost fired from the podcast, Steve. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm sorry, Javier. I, no, no, no. It, it came so naturally to him. Uh, uh, see, you, you won't believe it. It was so natural for him to just bring on, and it was just on and on and on. I swear to God, I took a nap and I woke up from the nap, and he was still going on about it. He was on the like eighth or ninth fly unit that he was talking about. He settled though. Now. He, he settled down from what I understand. Oh yeah, I don't know. Dude. He, he was talking. He was talking to me about a futaba. So you know, things might not be completely settled. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Wants, until until, until next this. time. Until next time. But other than that, I want to talk about one more thing. I tried something new that I've, that I've never tried, and I, I've used these characters a lot before. 
But have any of you guys tried solderless connectors yet? No. No, no. Are you talking about the kind that that you screw on? Or are you talking about the kind you insert into this, uh, like a sleeve? It's got a little piece of metal inside. You use a heat gun, and it actually no. melts the, the lead. No, 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 no. None of that. No, I use the ones that use a little grub screw. Yep. Okay. To, to, the ones from RC Pro Plus. Right. And guys, this is not a, this is not a, uh, what is it? What do you guys call it again? Hobby, every time I, this is not a plug. I, I'm not sponsored for RC Pro Plus. But I will say, so this is free advertising RC Pro Plus. So just saying, you know, hook a brother up. No, just kidding. Shameless. Uh, so it's I, not a shameless plug. But now, is it but, possible you might actually be able to sell a couple of your buddies, maybe those solderless connectors or not? I tell you what, man, they are the coolest thing ever. Like, I can solder, and I don't have a problem doing it, right? And I can do it pretty quickly. But I literally made these connections at the field, at our CHO. Because I was like, I got some new, and this is going to be a shameless plug. I got the new ADC Maniacs 12S packs, and they're everything that you could imagine them to be. They're just beautiful. But I was really frustrated because I was like, man, I'm not going to be able to try them out at our CHO because of soldering. I'm not going to take a soldering machine with me and do them over there because I just won't be comfortable. You know, it's like, so I was like, man, what else could I do? And I was like, and I was talking to Uncle Ron and he was someone was like, yeah, you should try a solder man. They're really good. And then you can do them just like we usually used to do them on the SAB team, which was one D6 and two S6s. And they used the same housing. Steve, the same housing that we use on ours, they, they, you have them with the solids. Are they so compatible can, then? So you can use, yeah. you can use the uh -huh. D6s? D6s, S6s, everything. Like you don't have to okay, change cool. your charging, your charging, your charging cables, you don't have to do anything. You just slide these suckers in, man. And I was like, wow. And it's funny because I have a supply of like S6s and D6s, the original solder ones, to last me a good lifetime. I really do. I have way too many of them. But I, I love these solderless connectors, man. These things are sweet, simple, and fast, man. I'm going to be using these a lot. I've had no problem with the soldering. Uh, I used yeah. to, I had a, I've had some problems with actually the, uh, what's the old connector that everybody used to use? I think that. Uh, EC5? Man, which one, second? EC5? Yeah, yeah, the, exactly. The EC5. I could solder those, no problem, but it's inserting them. But, man, I hated them. I mean, hated them. But whenever I started using the RC Pro Plus, man, I tell you, I love those connectors. So I'll try the solderless and see how they work. It's interesting you say that, though, because a, uh, a friend of mine down in South Florida, once upon a time, just promised me he would send me the, a link for the type of, uh, I want to say, crimp connectors I could use. I, I, to be able to put two packs together, as you know, the back or most rear pack you have to be able to get the, the cabling or the wire up to the front pack. Mm -hmm. And uh, this guy said he had a great solution, but I never heard back from him after that. So I'm going to see him in March. He's got a big event in South Florida I'd recommend uh, we could talk about. But, uh, you know, I'll see him in March, and maybe by then he'll have some way to be able to help me out. I've got some Maniacs batteries, as it turns out. Uh, some, uh, what are they, like 3,300 packs or something like that. And I, I just need to be able to get the voltage from, you know, the electrons from the backpack up to the front pack and, and do it nicely. But I don't have a solution yet. So your friend, uh, he's horrible. 
you know, and I'll talk to uh, Don Shaw for you because he's the only other helicopter. Oh, no, it's Don Shaw's problem. Okay, never mind. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, I have I'm going back to my corner. It's all good. <laughs> I'll get you those connectors. They're great. They work really, really good. But yeah, I got to get me a link when you can. Thank you. It's a, it's a crimp connector. So, yeah. So, what else? Uh, try to look for that. I got this new V2. I got some new. Uh, I got a 4530 500kV Scorpion motor for it. I have a uh, Scorpion 200. And I got uh, some new, not new, but I already have a set, but the HLX from Torque. I have those servos coming for it. So, some nice Hall Effect servos for it. It's going to be really nice. I'm looking forward to building that machine. And so and on top of that, I did some horse training here. Me, me and Chris Nutt, my co-team managers, we treated some helis around. So I got two more nitro airframes. So I have, I'll be flying nitro for a long time because I, I have a lot of park supplies. So I'll be here annoying Javier about it going forward extra because you know it's winter time here in Florida. So that good 60 degrees weather is great on the nitros, you know, they fly really good. So if you'll hear all my great conversations about flying nitro and all the greatness. Can I take a Frank, break? I've, I've heard that some people actually uh, pack up their stuff. It might have been y'all's podcast. Maybe it was a year ago, but I thought it was more recent that one of the guys, I don't remember who it was, Frank, was saying something about I may have maybe one more month of flyable time and then it's getting cold and I'm going to switch hobbies to something else. I want to say now, now this is kind of lame and I'm not trying to knock anybody about this, but I don't remember. It seemed like it was fishing or something like that. I, I don't get you know, it. Going from you know, helicopters to fishing. What's the deal? There's, there's going to be a new, seg a new segment, a, the angler segment here on the <laughs> That's awesome. I like that. Actually, actually, uh, I heard I, I heard of that guy as well. I heard that he actually opened a second uh, YouTube channel oh. for fishing. No, <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Javi, so let's transition to this because I've been wanting to ask you about this. Are you enjoying it? Yes, I, I am enjoying it immensely, but mm -hmm. I picked it up too late because it's also a spring summer sport. It does it does last longer than flying because. I would fish on on occasions on weather where I wouldn't fly, but uh, you know I, I I feel a little bit frustrated because I picked it up too late in the year. Uh, too late in the year. So come next year, are you going to be like uh, a sports angler to say the, to say the least, right? Yes, yes. I I right now I have uh, four fishing rods. Um, wow. The uh, the the uh, well one of them is uh, well i have technically five but i need to buy a reel for the fifth uh technically one of those is not mine is my son's the first one that uh, the the one that got started it all and mm -hmm. um so i i plan i personally i have to i plan to have three that's why i have just one rod um you know basically there without a reel i just plan to okay. use three um but uh but but I but you know I've I've been liking it very much because it's you know I can go to Walmart or I can go to you know to a to a, a fishing store and spend twenty bucks thirty bucks come back with a decent amount of stuff. Um, I also like that you know I if I if I cast and if I mess up you know I lose you know five dollars worth of uh, 
of a um, of a bait tackle. Uh, of tackle. Yeah, and I may lose you on know, a little bit of line, but I can just cut it and and tie something else. And if I and if I cast incorrectly, my my rod won't destroy itself. You know, so it's very very relaxing to be to be honest with you. I've I've been enjoying it. I I have a big passion for flying radio control helicopters, but it has been um, a significant financial toll for me, especially because I've had bad luck. So um, so it has it has been very very stressful, and you know a hobby shouldn't be that stressful. I can't go and fly and be just wary of not not wanting to crash or having it completely ruin my day and and the next few months you know crashing something you know it's not it's not good to be like that so um so that's why i picked up fishing you know to have something a little bit more relaxing that is uh, both relaxing and far easier on the budget so that i can actually you know enjoy it a little bit more and um, actually my my new youtube channel is called fishing on a budget Nice, nice. So, yeah. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, so, I, it has no videos yet, uh, of course, because until next year, I'll start that. But I found that I had like an old GoPro that I bought for my son like many years ago. It is a GoPro 3. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I plan to use that to 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 record videos of, uh, of my fishing stuff. So I think it's yeah. going to be good. You know, I think it's going to be good to take a little tangent and uh, it's also going to help me to, you know, I don't plan to spend, I know that you can go down a rabbit hole like any other hobby. I mean, you can, I can buy rods and rods and rods and reels and reels and reels and tons of tackle and spend a lot of money. But, you know, I, I really don't plan to do that. To be honest with you, you know, I want, as I said, I want to take it slow because I want, I don't want it to be a financial toll. So I just want it to be relaxing, you know? So, and I, I don't plan to go, to go, you know, crazy crazy with it so so it's gonna be i think that it's gonna be fun it's gonna help me to you know go easy on the budget and actually save up get all my fleet back to working order and uh you know get them you know very nice you know i i'll i plan to you know i've been flying uh, you know like many people you know fly damaged canopies repaired canopies but you know i want to get them back to like new condition you know get a new canopy and get everything back to spec and uh, actually the, the 500 i want to change it from from white to yellow to have better visibility because I, because definitely i absolutely love how the how the white and red looks but it's terrible visibility on overcast weather so so i, I plan to change that to a yellow so you know as as time goes by i'll just you know go easy on it and start buying parts little by little getting it back to working condition you know um, arming myself up with uh, with a little bit more stuff. You know, I need to replace one of the chargers that died that remember that I had commented that a while ago. So I need oh, yeah. to replace one of the chargers. I plan to, I have a very noisy, I mean, it works fine, but I have a very noisy power supply. So I want to change that up also because I, I purchased one from this guy DSW on Helifreak and his is like super quiet. So I want to buy, you know, one more of those. You know, I plan to, you know, go easy you know, through the year and start getting my fleet back to where it should be, my equipment back to where it should be, probably even uh, change a few things. I want to try out the uh, YGE ESC that has that has a friendlier telemetry with uh, VIVAR, even in, on small models, because the apparently the, the Hobbywing 80 amp ESC 
it only records uh, tell you know the the milliamps consumed when it's uh, uh, high under load so you're if you're if you're flying uh, you know, low head speed or just, uh, you know, when you're starting and finishing your flight, it doesn't really record that as well. So it's not as accurate. So I want to get something a little bit more accurate. So I think that the YG would be a good choice for the for the 420. Um, I also want to try right now. I have a, I want a hobby wing 100 amp ESC on the 500, which is a V3. So it doesn't have telemetry. So, you know, also I want to, to put that uh, the YG 95. Which also has a telemetry. So I, you know, I plan to make some changes and to do some some stuff, but slowly through the year. And uh, you know, in the meanwhile, not uh, not being left out without a hobby, you know, without I while I save up for all those changes. So um, so I think that it's I, I think it's gonna be fun. And you know, I've been I've been geeking out all all over it. You know, learning how to tie knots and learning out of the different baits and. Uh, how to fish different fish, and you know, I've been geeking over it, and, and I've I've liked the, the the learning aspect of it so far because you know I'm it's all new to me, right? So it's a it's a whole new world and a whole new learning experience. So I think it's good. I think it's good. It's gonna be a, a fun uh, a fun year, I think, of uh, taking a, a slightly different direction. I mean, not leaving the hobby by any means. It's definitely my my passion. But uh, but you know I want to take it easy. Uh, wait until my my finances improve. I'm uh, I'm expecting to uh, to you know to uh, that 20, 2022 is going to be finally the year of my green card. So that'll that'll improve you know overall things as well. So I hope that you know through twenty twenty two a lot of things settle down and I'm uh, a little bit calmer, quieter, take doing doing. Uh, Take it's time to do other things, and uh, I, I, I'm, I think I'm gonna enjoy it. I think I'm gonna enjoy it. I, you know, I've enjoyed it so far, so I think that I'm gonna thoroughly enjoy it more. You know, when the weather is up to it. So Javier, quick question: You got? Do you have any bait casters, or is all your reels spinners? Just reels. Um, I, you know, you know me. I like to kind of like stay with a brand. <laughs> so um. I, I started getting Daiwa reels. Uh, you know, Daiwa also also makes uh, you know bait casters. But um, yeah. But I uh, but I I fell in love with how smooth their spinning reels are. So right now I have uh, three Daiwa reels, and I plan to to buy a fourth. And I'm trying to go in like you know different ranges of them. You know, starting with the budget ones. I don't think I'm gonna. And you know, I put myself like a. Uh, I won't go past, uh, you know, certain model because, of course, there's six hundred dollar real models. You know, I won't go go past the certain price range, but I want to try, you know, several ones of Daiwa, you know, within the from my top of the of of the price down to sample several ones. So I think that it's gonna be fun. So, but yeah, so, all spinning reels. Okay, so I'll, I'll tell you this as someone that used to fish a lot. Daiwa's uh, great brand. They're great, great. I can't complain. But brother, if you want the creme de la creme, Shimano is where it's at. Shimano is just can't put it. Can't give you. Can't. I can't. I don't have any complaints to give you with that one. With those. So, just some forward thinking if, if you want. If you must. Yes. Yes. I've heard about Shimano. Um. And uh. Yeah. Indeed. There. There's a lot of people out there that like it. I've seen a lot of, of reviews. And um, actually, I originally wanted to go with um, <clears throat> with Pen, which is nice. kind of like a workhorse. 
Um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I ended up designing for Daiwa. And you know me, you know, I, I kind of like, you know, everything felt right. You know, they're beautiful. They're super smooth. And I said, ah, why not just keep going with the same brand? <laughs> perfect, perfect. But yeah, you know, eventually I might try something else. Um, but right now I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, geeking out with those. No, I, uh, it, fishing, the nice thing about fishing, it is, uh, it's relaxing. It's family, family oriented. It sounds like maybe your son has an interest, which is also great. And, you know, there, there's so many different directions you can go with it, but I think that'll be fun. It's too bad that uh, it's another, I want to say spring and summer sport, but you can get some waders. You can get something to kind of heat that up so that I'm thinking during some of the colder months that would work. Now, you mentioned about, you know, tying knots and doing some things with bait and that in itself is a science. But would you consider yourself being fairly new? <clears throat> would you consider yourself as you're doing the bait work like an apprentice baiter? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, right now, for example, you know, I started out with, uh, you know, night crawlers, which is what everyone starts with, right? You know, uh, with uh, you, live worms, you, basically. Javier, I think he's really screwing with you. You're gonna say if you're never a mind, never mind. <laughs> No, <laughs> that come on, Steve. Many, Steve, are, you're playing with me. Steve, I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Frank, I, I saw, thought I you saw, would even go there, Frank. I saw that one coming like a mile away. When he when he starts saying Vader, I'm like, oh, this is coming. Sorry, sorry, like... Javier, that wasn't appropriate. I understand that. All right, yeah, guys. Steve, sorry Steve, about that. I was beginning to like you, Steve. <laughs> I, I don't know where Frank brought that up, man. That's just crazy, Frank. That must be a South, South Florida thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's my fault, yeah. All, All right, right, so yeah. since, uh, since we've been on, on, on the topic, you know, I think I'm going to finish my, uh, my updates and then pass the baton over to Steve. So, um, you know, as far as, um, you know, we've, we've, we've gone through, uh, you know, Freefall RC has their wrenching with Ian, so here we have angling with uh, Javier. <laughs> But um, Ooh, that's, that's a good one. That's yeah, a good one. heck yeah, catch it. So, yeah. So as far as uh, you know, the uh, the actual hobby, I uh, I did uh, have let's let's call it a milestone because I did sell my Goblin three eighty. No uh, way. Yeah, and uh, that was that was hard. That was hard. I uh, I didn't want to get rid of it. You know, the Goblin three eighty is the helicopter that started the whole Goblin addiction for me. And I had very, I, I, I never thought that I would read, get rid of the 380, but, you know, things happen. Uh, it was, no, it was not to fund uh, reels and rods. Um, it was, uh, it, it was because I needed the money for something else. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's been tough uh, on the Moreno household lately. So um, fortunately, I didn't have to get rid of anything else. I got rid just of the, um, of the ESC on the 420. So the 420 is actually complete except for the for the ESC. I was actually selling the parts at the beginning, the electronics, because I thought that that would help me to get the, the money faster. But in the end, the 380 sold. So um, so I got rid of it. I, I shipped a very big box of it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it because, you know, I still have the 420. I think that the 420 actually was flying better than the 380. So it's good, and it allows me, you know, to try, as I said, you know, the YG ESCs. I think uh, now in the, you know, in the forthcoming year. So, um, so basically, that's that's it. You know, nothing else has moved as far as the, um, as the hobby. Uh, that's basically the the only, the only milestone. I do still plan to sim during winter. Uh, 
to try to, you know, just not forget completely about it and uh, see where, you know, where that gets me. I may, you know, seem every so often, every so often, you know, next year, but uh, during, during the winter, I plan to, to seem as much as I can and um, see where, where that gets me and hope that I don't forget the whole deal when I go back to flying again. But, uh, but that's about, about, about it from my side. So what about you, Steve? Well, one question I have for you, Javier, yes. and it's not baiting related, but- uh, Oh, come on, come on, come on, come <laughs> on. Do you, you had to start with that one. Now I'm going to doubt everything that you say from now on, Steve. <laughs> Sorry. Do you, do you do any VR simming, Javier? Um, no, that was actually the plan. My, my, my plan for winter was to save up for a- uh, for a VR uh, because you know I have a gaming grade PC, so right. I think I think that even without because I thought that I that I wouldn't be able to sim with my uh, with my video card because that's the only weak component that I have on my on my computer, but uh, I think that that it would make it. I mean I think that if I went I if I just got the the VR headset I think that my computer would be able to handle it fine. But uh, I was saving up for that one, and then you know uh, things happened, and uh, I couldn't, and I ended up selling the the, the three eighty. But uh, but yeah, that was the that, that was the plan. I haven't tried it yet. Um, everyone says that it's amazing, and that was the plan for me to to do VR simming this winter. But uh, that did not materialize. So I will have to just uh, keep on simming regular two D and. Next year, maybe, uh, maybe I will be able to start saving up for that one. But, but I need to. I want to focus on fixing the fleet first uh, before buying a VR headset. Sure, I, I understand. And VR simming though does take it up a notch. I actually had a, a good friend of mine that uh, left me his gaming computer for about five months while he was in Colorado. He and his wife go to Colorado for several months each year. And he had a Valve Index <clears throat> headset, which is, uh, I want to say around 1200 bucks. So it's, it's quite expensive, plus his gaming computer. And I loved it. It was amazing. And I've, I've used Sims for, for years and years. But whenever you go VR, man, it's really hard to go back to just regular Simming. He, unfortunately, about a month ago, he came back to the area. And he wanted his gaming computer and VR headset back, you know, very inconsiderate. But nonetheless, I had to give it back to him. And I went ahead and bought a, a uh, Quest, Oculus Quest 2. And I bought the 128K, 128 meg version, I guess. It was uh, like 300 bucks. And it works really well with my laptop. Uh, it's actually a gaming laptop, but it works well with that. And it... Really, for the 300 bucks, it, it's really, really hard to beat. But I understand you have to kind of juggle finances. And, yeah. and as things go, you have to decide at priorities and what works best at the time. But that's something to think about. Yeah, yeah, uh, for it's, sure. It's, sure. For sure. Actually, that was the one that I was, that, that I was planning to get uh, because they have it at Costco, actually. And they have it at a package with uh, even the carry, carry case. So, yeah, I mean, I had, I had all set. I mean, I had all the plan done, but, uh, you know. Uh, stuff happens, but but yeah, that was actually sure. the one that I was that I was planning for. Yeah, you'll enjoy it when the time is right. Uh, I I was not able to make it up to the RCHO event. I had really planned on doing that. In fact, I spoke to Cliff Lewis and Eric Shu the day before I was going to be going up. And Frank and I talked about it as Frank was uh, was on his way. But unfortunately, some things came up at work, and I was uh, expected to be here for a few things, and so. 
I wasn't able to leave. And it was, uh, I was going to drive up, which is, would have been around a 10 plus hour trip. Uh, but, and so bottom line is I had to scratch it. I did, however, go to the Queen City event and that was absolutely terrific. And I tell you, at the Queen City event, guys like uh, Jay, Cliff, Scott, Eric, and Randy really made that event uh, something special. And mm-hmm. a lot of it, as people say, it's not, it's not just the event. It's not just the, the prizes. You know, you can get a coupon and, and maybe win something. Uh, it's a very small registration like most of the events. But it's just a camaraderie, you know, it really is. It's amazing. Cliff was a great cook. Uh, he did some, uh, I don't know, like almost like burritos, chicken kind of things and vegetables on the grill and all that, which was terrific. Uh, Eric Shu took us to this Japanese place and it's for like 30 hibachi Japanese for like 30 bucks or something. like No, 20, $23. All you can eat of hibachi and sushi, and, and that was just unbelievable. But, but really, just a lot of it is just talking to people, having a good time. Uh, Rich took me over into one corner and showed me a little bit about F3C, which was cool. That may be something I play with sometime in the near future. Uh, Javier, I also uh, share a, uh, a brand with you. Uh, I've been flying some goblins for a while, and nice. I'm I'm in a, in a partial, uh, I've got two goblins that are flying right now. I've got uh, a few more that are just sitting there, as, as Frank likes to say, uh, almost ready to fly. Actually, uh, Kevin from Freefall gives me a hassle about it. Every time I see him at work, he said, so have you made any progress? And I said, no, I, I've made no progress. But I finally decided I'm, I'm not going to say I'm going to have it done by a certain date. Uh, I think I've backed off a little bit. Now I'm going to have it done or have each helicopter done when it's done. Uh, I can't stress too much about that. I do have, um, <clears throat> I have a couple of Goblin 570s, and I have a couple of uh, 700 Black Thunder Sports. Uh, one is a Freedom Edition. One of my 570s is a Freedom Edition. And then I have two Krakens. And they're the, I want to say the original Krakens. Now I think that they're, uh, with the new S version coming out, there have been like three, revisions along the way or maybe two revisions in an original but uh yes i'm i'm really uh i i like the helicopters they build really well but um you know it's it's all about what you like and for me uh it's also nice to have a couple of helicopters of the same brand uh and the same model if you will because that way it, it keep i have to purchase limited parts that way since they're all interchangeable but uh, with that said, is Frank back yet? Yeah, no, Frank's, not, Frank's, not, Frank's not back. I'm, I'm being he's, he's thinking. He's thinking. He's thinking. Okay, good, good. Uh, uh, no, 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 no abuse intended, buddy. No abuse intended. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, you can't pull me too far into that, Javier, because oh my gosh, man, you know where that would go. Anyway, I d- I do like them. That's all I can say. But I do have a couple of other helicopters that are sitting here. Uh, in a partial state of build. I actually have a, uh, say again, Frank? Collecting dust is the word. Collecting dust, collecting dust. I have a a Blade 600X and I have a Whiplash gasser that's uh, very close, almost ready to be finished. In fact, uh, Frank, are you gonna be in Orlando uh, in early December? 
Of course I will. Very good. And you'll 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 see my gas or fly, uh, I think, before uh, no. before yours. No way. No way. No way. Yeah. No way. It's possible. No way. It is possible. Definitely there possible. is no there is no chance of how that's happening. Oh, oh my gosh. See, Javier, that's what happens, man. You live in the same state as this guy, and he, he has to smack you around a little bit. No, 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 no. Anyway, oh, Javier, one okay, more thing. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's see. How many helicopters do you have flying right now? Two. Actually, Six. three. 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 So you have three models that can go out and be flown. Yes. Right now. Uh, one, one is just recently finished, as a matter of fact. I took the day off today and did a couple little finishing touches. Actually, I guess one question for you guys, when will this podcast actually be distributed? So I can tell you about how many helicopters I have finished uh, with the intention of if there's like a month or two lead time, I can say, actually, I have five helicopters flying right now. Uh, you, well, so, Steve, you heard the intro. You may or may not uh, listen to this podcast when you have all of your helicopters built. <laughs> so exactly. I, I, I'm I'm willing to bet that this podcast is going to be heard in 2022. Okay, I'm yep. willing to bet. Yep. I'm willing to yep. bet that. That, that that's a good bet, right, Javi? Probably yes. by March, yes. right? At least by your event. Is that not correct, Frank? No, I will do it by my event. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not going to. You won't say by then. Okay, okay, okay. No, I got you. Okay, well, so <laughs> it gives me a little bit of time, but I th I think I'll have a few more by the next time I see you guys. No, um, okay, so. Good. I'll call into free phone and I'll update the entire squad over there. Okay. Because that, that's oh. usually... <laughs> oh. awesome. Awesome, man. Okay. So you mentioned something, Javier, about uh, you've had a little bit of bad luck with your, with your helicopters. And I was flying this past weekend. It was actually, uh, it was pretty breezy. And I, I didn't think I was going to, actually, I was thinking about not flying, but Kevin uh, from Freefall called me and he said, hey, he said, uh, I'm going out to the field. You want to meet me? And I said, sure. And so I charged up a few batteries and got to the field. Uh, on the way to the field, actually, he said, man, I just flew a flight and it's really gusty. And, and I, I think it may be too breezy. And I said, you know, really, the helicopters don't care. It's actually the pilots that care or that may get a little bit nervous. So I got there. I think I probably got six flights in, something like that. And he got several flights in as well. But one of my flights, Javier, uh, I don't know if, if you, I assume you have this feature on your V-Control, but on one of the flights, I was doing some pyro flips, and I think that's what it was, and the helicopter was in control for a short while, and then it got lower and lower, and I thought, one of two things is going to happen. Either I'm going to be able to fly it out, or, or I'm one of three things, fly it out or I'm going to be able to crash it, or I'm going to hit the rescue switch and let that take care of it for me. And I, I, I had opted to hit rescue. Um, for me, there are three things that really help me a lot to not crash. And, and I've certainly done my share of crashing. But this year, I've really gone through several things, and my flying has gotten progressively better. And I think simming helps. Altitude obviously helps. Practice helps. And is still as, uh, I want to say, as apprentice-like as it is, that rescue switch still helps. And I almost never even think about using it. But in the last probably 50 flights, maybe the last 200 flights, 
I've used the rescue switch maybe three times. And what that means for me is it has saved me hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So, you know, I'm not sure what contributes to crashes, but I know what, what really helps me in some ways. And I, I don't, you know, no matter what I fly, no matter what FBL I fly, at least for now, I think I want to still have that rescue feature because it gives me, uh, when all else fails, it gives me a little bit of extra leverage. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's, uh, I think I pretty much covered my flying, as I say, has gotten better. Queen City is my last event. I'm looking forward to Orlando. And then I'm really looking forward to seeing some guys down in, uh, in Miami in March. And I'll pass it back to you, Javier, but I need to ask, which of those events do you think you're going to be coming to? On, on Florida? None. I mean, it's way oh. too far away from me. <laughs> okay. Okay. I got yeah, it. No, I that, mean, was, that was easy. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. It's usually I just go, you know, on, on the course of a year, you know, even on a regular year when I'm, you know, full into the hobby, I usually just plan for one event that uh, I have to drive to more than two, three hours away. So, um, Usually that event is Ercha. Uh, that's usually the only event that I plan to go farther away than Wisconsin or Illinois, uh, to be honest with you. I, I, I don't fly with helis and it would be, you know, way too many hours to drive to someplace else. So that's kind of like my, my tops. I do want to attend to other events, uh, you know, other like famous events, but, uh, you know, Ercha is where I usually meet up with, everyone anyways i would like to go to a different event that's a little bit more uh relaxed because i know that air chase where when you know and, and frank can attest to that you know when you're right like really really busy if you're into the hobby in, into any kind of uh of, of deep involvement you know sponsored sponsorship management or whatever i mean you you are you are be you're very busy at, at urcha uh, and there's yeah. other events where you know even if they're relatively big they're a little bit more relaxed uh you know like spring fling like uh you know the event the event of orlando you know some other events that are all are more relaxed even though they're they're kind of like big and famous events but they're they're a little bit too far away for me so i just i just try to make urcha no that, that makes sense you only do so many things yeah yeah yeah, someday maybe when uh when i'm retired uh although that that'll probably happen when i'm 90 at the rate that that my, my that my retirement funds is going, but maybe one day I'll be able to you know go to more events, but but not in the, in any near future. Yeah, that, that's understandable, man. Like if you ever you know get froggy and want to go somewhere, the the events to attend to are either the Virginia events or you know the RCHO is very cool. You definitely it's like flying in the parking lot. It's 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 crazy thing you can that I can tell you it's the smallest field but it's packed with fun. Yeah, yeah, oh, for yeah, sure. Man. I went out this morning and often I ran. I took the day off today. I wanted to do a little bit of wrenching. I ran seven miles this morning, and as I did, I, I typically I listen to a podcast if I'm running, and I heard Jay talking about RCHO, and it's very interesting to hear those guys. And they, they were saying that for their, uh, the chill out, they're hoping for a high in the teens. And I thought, damn, high in the teens, it's really hard 
I know you've been you've been to the chill out, I think, Frank, but wow, it's hard to even imagine that. Yeah, imagine flying that that cold. Like unbelievable. It was the, it's probably the, it's the first time that I've ever been in such cold weather in my entire life, honestly. Like I am a true, true, true warm weather dick, you know. Did like I, I was wearing like I was wearing mittens. Like I'm not gonna lie, I was wearing mittens and I had like four layers of clothes on. And you know, it's and I don't have the same level of uh, R rating as I used to have. You know, I lost a bunch of weight, so I'm a lot, my R rating has 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 decreased. So I get colder quicker. But it's a lot of fun flying there, man. And climbing night is awesome there. Like they don't have construction lights; they actually just have lights, like fixed lights, which is really really cool. I'll be there someday, someday soon. You'll be. They need to have a summer event for you to attend to. You know, they need to have one in July. Exactly, you know, like, summer event. That's so, what I'm looking for. So you can get away from the heat, you know, and go somewhere a little cooler. Let me know, and I'll talk with you. There you go. Okay, we'll work on that. We'll split the drive. But yeah, so Steve, Orlando. Let's let's talk about that a little bit because you may have been going to that event for the last five six years, right? Yes, I have longer than that actually, but. Let me really? see. I think, I think that uh, I won my first helicopter. It was a Blade 400 flyboard helicopter. I won it when they did the last event at RC, RCACF, I think it is, the, the airplane field that they fly, you know, that a lot of guys fly at in Orlando or North yeah. Orlando. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was the first event I and I've won a couple of helicopters or a couple of things along the way actually. But uh, yes, so I've been doing that for for quite some time. Nice, and you're also a member of Torches, right? Yes, I actually belong to to four different clubs right now in Florida. Unbelievable. Yes, it is unbelievable. You should really come visit the one in South Florida that you're a member of. <laughs> Correct. You know, we love when you come down and visit us because then we have. No, we can go get the good. Uh, uh, where did we go last time? We went to the Italian place, right? Man, I tell you, Javier, you probably know no, no. this. This guy, no, Frank. We... If there's a good place to go eat, Frank knows where it is. No matter what city you go to, Frank. Frank's almost like an Eric Shoe of South Florida. <laughs> so, Javier, I don't think you know Eric Shoe, do you? No. Eric Shoe's it's a character. He's he's a character at the best. Dude. He. He, he's at it a hundred percent of the time. He's just a great dude. Love him, and he has this uh, love romance with Mexican food. And you know, it's you got to join Facebook so you can get the whole story, man. I'm not going to ruin it for you. You just have to come and just join. Just be, just be like one of the rest, man. Big Brother already knows that you're, you're here. He wants he Eric Shue wants everybody to have a good time, and if he can do something to make sure that you do. He's right there on top of you to make sure you do that. And speaking of that, Frank, I, I almost said it, Frank, but I was, you know me, I'm a little hesitant and, and I don't just jump in there with both feet. But I did want to ask uh, Javier, I, I do periodically check uh, HeliFreak. And I see, of course, uh, you know, you're Nick there at times, Javier, and you post some very good messages. I think that uh, HeliFreak is a little bit more organized in some ways as far as being able to go back to a category and find a thread. But Facebook, Javier, I think that maybe people have pinged on you a little bit about this. And, and I can do this from a different perspective. For me, I don't have a public profile. 
And so if you search for me, you might not be able to find me. I do, though, have a, I use Facebook and I only use it for helicopter related hobbies. And I don't have friends that I work with or family. They don't have, they don't know who I am on Facebook. I don't know who they are on Facebook because I really don't care when somebody brushes their teeth or what color shoes they have on today. (laughs) But, but it is very useful. And Frank, you know, Frank's Facebook group, it's absolutely the best as far as helicopters. People give you all kinds of really great suggestions and comments. It is something to think about, Javier. I mean, 2022 is coming up. And I understand, too, that as far as uh, maintaining your privacy, I try my best to do that. My biggest challenge is I'm on Facebook very regularly, very regularly, very regularly. And then you don't see me on there at all for a month or maybe two. And right now I'm in the kind of almost two months where I, I go in for a couple of minutes and I'm gone. And part of that has to do with just life is really busy. But Javier, it really is, it, it is very, a very good resource and it's something to think about. Uh, I also heard on the, uh, what was it? Heliheads, I guess I listened to today. They were talking that uh, they mentioned Angel Rojas. And I, I think he was up at our, C- our CHO and, and I'm sure you saw him, Frank. And uh, about a year, say he was? He was not. Oh, okay. Uh, That must've been something else they were talking about then, but he was, uh, he left Facebook about a year ago and and that's too bad. And I know that Facebook does have some drama and and I can really appreciate that, but uh, (laughs) you know, oh my gosh, Frank, Frank can tell you about drama. And I don't, I don't want to get into all that because then we can start talking about Urcha and golf carts and all kinds of things. We're not going to do that. But uh, I think, Javier, I think I saw you at, uh, at Urcha, as a matter of fact. Yes. I like that event. But, you know, Urcha's great. But the smaller events, like this uh, Queen City event, man, that was, that was awesome. And RCHO, I'm sure a lot of those same guys go to that. I went to the, uh, the Spring Fling for my first time this year. That was an incredible event. I'm looking forward, uh, Frank mentioned, you know, the Torches event in Orlando. I wish that, that and I've, I've been a member of Torches Club many, many years ago, and then I went overseas for a while, so I wasn't, and then came back, and I've been a member for probably at least 10 years, back when Bobby Watts was living still in Florida. But uh, I wish there was a little bit better communication sometimes, and I'm not going to jump on this too much, but they, they have a website, torches.org, <laughs> and it's not funny. It's not funny, Frank. And... Uh, and actually, it's right big, now, if you go to big, that, that really does get on your, under your skin, doesn't it? No, 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 it doesn't bother me. Uh, it, but if you go to, <laughs> if you go to torches.org, you'll see the the 2020 schedule uh, as far as events. And uh, it's very difficult for uh, people in, in charge to want to update that Web page. And also the, it does. There is a members only Facebook section. But uh, there's not usually too much traffic there. So if you want to know something about the club, from what I understand, you need to go there. And, and I don't go there very often because it's a two-hour drive for me. And there's just so many, you know, local places. There's two local clubs that I fly at. You know, and then, of course, I belong to Frank's club, Amps down south. So anyway, go ahead, Frank. No, no, you, you kind of covered it beautifully. Uh, I, <laughs> I, will say, I will say that the, the Torches event – you know, there hasn't been one because of COVID and it's kind of closed that down for a little while. 
but there was a an event this time well December of last year, but it was really put together very quickly, and there wasn't enough time to uh, get a permit and really open it up for for the world to come to. But I think that that this December event is going to really be uh, be a terrific event. Uh, you can go in to the Torches website and you can click on events and you can register. And particularly if, if you're a listener and you're considering bringing a, uh, a motorhome, now is the time to register if you haven't already, because uh, the camping space or those uh, motorhome spaces fill up pretty quickly. Uh, it'll be a great time had by all. Kyle Stacy, Gator, I'm sure Bert will be there, several of the other uh, local characters, uh, Manny Neto, and uh, some of the pro pilots from many different brands. And it sounds like uh, I think Frank is going to be there. And who knows who else? Frank may have more, uh, more of an idea who's going to be there than me right now. So I'll be there. One of the AMPS South Florida chopper group will be there. And uh, Nick Maxwell will be there. So we'll have some, we'll see, we'll have some great flying. So looking forward, looking forward to a great week event. I plan to be there Friday at like dawn. So if I'm there Friday at dawn, see if I show up Saturday afternoon. You know. Well, I actually I talked to you, Frank, and because you live in South Florida, you probably don't even remember that. You probably had one too many cervezas or maybe tequilas. But uh, on on that particular event on the tenth, uh, it's. 10th, which is Friday, 11th and 12th, uh, on the 10th, uh, I work for a local court system and my chief judge has a team building managers meeting, which I'm one of. So I won't be able to get out of town until probably uh, two to three o'clock Friday afternoon. But I will be so, there hopefully before the sun sets, Frank. So I'll see you Sunday. I can expect you. I mean, you may see me Sunday. You'll see me Sunday. No, but also, as it turns out, work gets in the way again for your event. And I think I told you I've got a meeting in central Florida until midday Friday in March, but that's a whole other deal. That's if I'm still, if I'm still working by then. So we'll see. Yeah. I I don't even see you attending my event. You know, Steve had this thing. He came to my event event Saturday at like five o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, and I honestly, I told him because I was there. I was like, Steve, are you okay? Yeah, Frank, I'm I'm in the middle of wrenching. The first time, though, Frank, that I went to your event, that it was down by the racetrack in Homestead, it was actually, I'm sure it was a Friday-Saturday event. I got there Saturday afternoon, about an hour before sunset. I maidened uh, my Goblin 570. I had not flown it before. And the next morning, somehow, actually, uh, I cornered Bert. And I said, Bert, I know this isn't the brand of transmitter you fly, but could you maiden my helicopter? And and he did. And, you know, it's it's really... I don't know if y'all can relate to this or not, but I, you know, I made it, I played with it a little bit, had a couple of flights on it and I gave Bert the transmitter and his flying style was much, much different than mine. And, and, and well, everybody knows that, but obviously he could do things with my helicopter that I didn't even think it could possibly do. So it, it's all pretty incredible. And Javier, I know now that you've moved over to the dark side. I, I, I'm like Paul where I fly a jetty and, and I'm happy with it. Uh, I would have probably uh, had a V control by now, but whenever I bought the jetty, it was the latest, greatest thing. And I read all this stuff and, and a lot of people were flying them. And all of a sudden overnight, whenever I ordered my jetty, everybody switched to V control. So uh, 
Uh, I don't know if it's karma or what, but anyway, it, it's pretty amazing. The, the transmitters and, and all kinds of flat barless controllers we have these days. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's and that's a good and that's a good choice. You know, to be honest, if if all stars hadn't aligned, I'd probably be flying a jetty, because you know all I wanted was to go to a different radio platform. You know, I was not really planning on exiting my flyboardless unit. So you know, stars aligned so that I ended up with with a V control, and I'm happy with it. You know, I I really like it. But my my first train of thought was around the lines of jetty because yeah, I. I know that, you know, it's, it's very popular, it's very customizable, and it plays very well with Spirit. So, yeah, that, that was my plan. I mean, it, it, that's, that's definitely a good choice. Sometime in the future, Frank's going to put his transmitter in my hand and let me fly one of his helicopters. And uh, then I'll say, okay, yeah, this V-Control stuff, I guess it works pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it, it, is, it is great. I mean, but, but I don't know how much, you know, if you have full integration with your Spirit, you know, I don't know how much different it'll be unless it, it actually feels better for you because you know that every flyboardless system has a different feel to it. Sure. So and part of it has to do with the tuning you do. And, and you're right with the spirit. Actually, I've been flying brain for quite a while. There's full integration with brain. There's also telemetry that comes in from whatever uh, ESC I use. And I did just purchase two of the spirit GTRs, which, and I have two of the spirit GPSs as well. A few friends of mine are really liking the the uh, hard deck where you program rescue. If you come down below a certain altitude, it goes into rescue mode automatically if you have it programmed that way. And also with the GPS, you can do just like with a drone, you can flip a switch and it will return to home at a designated altitude. So it stays above a tree level, for example. So, you know, technology is continuing to change like crazy. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I remember there was a video by you know a spirit sponsored pilot demonstrating all the all the new features of the GPS, and it was very impressive. You know, the it has, as you said, you know it has a hard deck, so it'll automatically jump out of of the ground um, at a certain distance that you tell it to. It also has um, you can you can put a bubble so that it doesn't fly farther away that you that you don't want it to and it'll automatically return you can make it yeah, return ge- to home and geofencing you can yeah, geofencing. The, yep you can make it return to home if you if you think you're losing it i mean there there's 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 a lot of of technology there to you know to save you like you said you know like just like the rescue i mean some say some are against it because they say that you know it's kind of cheating but you know, if it, it, it it's a very expensive hobby, and if it saves you hundreds, thousands of dollars, I mean, I don't see a, a fault into it to uh, try to progress with it. You know, I'm not talking about always flying with it and always because because then it then it actually becomes an airplane. It becomes you know something that is relatively easy, or becomes a drone. You know that that practically flies itself. So the 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 idea is the challenge. And a little bit of the adrenaline, but if he if it helps you progress, then you can use it to progress a little bit, then lay it off, and then you know continue your stuff, and then go back to it a little bit, and then continue more. I think that they're just tools that, uh, well, you that know, could help you. Javier, I got a, a friend of mine that's in a uh, uh, like an RC business, and he doesn't like rescue a lot, 
And, and I think the reason that I think his business is something like, I forget the name, like inverted RC or something like that. But uh, he doesn't he doesn't encourage rescue because it takes money out of his pocket. Every single time somebody flips a rescue switch, it, it takes two, three, four hundred dollars out of this guy's pocket. So I can understand that if I were in a, an RC business and say, heck, no, don't use that rescue, man. It's the worst thing you can do. It fools you, you know, but but it's all good. You know, yeah. So I, I want to say what I've said to you, don't depend on it and fly, have, have an escape plan, you know, very similar to what Mr. Perkman used to say when he used to do his, uh, his videos on backpack. So have an escape plan and also practice your orientation. If you, if you can get those things, you usually don't need to use rescue. That's true. Okay. So that's my reasoning for it. So. Thank you, sir, for putting me on blast. I do appreciate that. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, and also, you know, to play, to change my hat and to play a little bit on um, on, 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 on a owner of the RC hobby side, you know, the, there's also the safety factor. I mean, there's nothing that, that guarantees that uh, it's going to work, right? I mean, um, Absolutely. I, I mean, it's, if, if you learn how to fly it, you have more chances of saving it. And, you know, you've seen the videos of pros when they hit, like, you know, they, they, they lose the tail or, you know, they, they, hit, they hit something and, you know, they save it or they get it out of harm's way. But if you hit the switch and the helicopter has a lot of vibration and decides to do something different, and of course, you don't think that you're going to that you're going to save it probably because that's why you're flying it, you know, with, with, with the crutches condition. So it could become a hazard. So yeah, there's, there's the pros and cons, of course, you know, uh, because you cannot fully trust it because we know that, you know, technology, you, you know, is, is, is only as good as the ideal conditions that it was developed for, you know? So, so that's, uh, that, that, that is another, another, you know, um, another point to take into, into consideration for all this technology. But, but definitely, I, I do see that as tools, they could be you know, well used as tools, not complete reliance on them. I think that they could be a good tool to use. I've uh, actually put, put my Kraken in. Uh, it was, I was flying fast forward flight across the field. I was probably, I don't know, six, seven, eight feet above the ground. I, forget, I was inverted. I'm not sure if I was backwards flying or not, but whatever it was, uh, I thought, I don't really have it and feel good about it. I flipped the rescue switch and it went right straight in. And so that's an example. Uh, I think part of that had to do with some vibration from a previous, uh, let's see, a ground incident of some sort. Um, so oh, know, I, when, you, when you put it in last December, uh, no, I think it was probably, it was over, I think it was over, yeah, about a year ago, maybe something like that. So yeah, yeah, it, probably was so. It, it was in December, it was a fortune. I actually had that live. On no, the, no, on I've the, flown it, I've flown it several times since then. Uh, yeah. But no, it was, it was after that. At Torches, that was the maiden flight, Frank. Uh, that was actually having my FBL set up incorrectly. And maybe if it would have been a V control, I wouldn't have had that problem, but the whatever uh, I had done something gyro wise that wasn't I had the tail movement right but I think the gyro compensation was wrong and I had a whole bunch of people watching me I said watch this guys this is the maiden flight and 10 seconds later it wasn't going any place anymore 
uh, it was very frustrating, but we've all had moments like that. I've never laughed so hard in my life. Like, I, I always feel bad because you're, you're really laughing at your friend's demise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. It, it just see, just to hear him because he got the feel and you could see that Steve was nervous. And he was nervous because he had the finished program in his fly bars unit. And, you know, he yep. has a jetty and he has an icon. So he needs literally a PhD in electrical engineering to figure out all the things that go on there. Oh, I'm sorry, aerospace. Not um, quite true, but but I'll go I'll go for it. Yes. You know, it's, it's a little more difficult. Well, I had certainly had an audience. And as I started to spool up, I, I saw the head spinning and I thought, man, the helicopter's not looking really real stable on the ground. And as I continued to spool up, I should have shut it down and I didn't. As I continued to spool up, all of a sudden it just did the funky chicken, bit itself in the ground. And I thought, oh, no. But but it was okay. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I really have, I handle crashes much different than I used to five, you know, six, seven, eight years ago, where I was, uh, I would really get frustrated and pissed. But now it's like, okay, yeah, that's all right. Uh, it just means uh, put that one aside for the next three years, and I'll I'll put something else in there soon. <laughs> uh, oh, Javier, I always often have joked Javier that I'm helicopter rich, and I'm time poor, and and a lot of it I'm sure is is my structuring of my time, but for me, I will be retiring, if not in October this coming year. I may be retiring a little bit sooner than that. And I tell myself, at least once I'm retired, man, I'll have a lot of time for building and flying as well. So my skills should get significantly better. I want to be like Frank, man. That's my goal to fly like Frank. I'm not that good of a pilot, so I don't know why you're even. It's, you, can get, you can be so much better than me. <laughs> no, we'll see. We'll see. You know, I have, um, we just had a Noah Summers. He's actually, he flies with me, so he just joined the Excel Power family. And I, 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 I've known Noah for a while now. I used to fly with him at Markham Park, right? And, you know, he was learning. He was on all these little 230s, and he had a 450. Now I see him fly my, my V2, and I just get like, get the hell away from me, kid. You're so much better than me now. <laughs> and, but, yeah, exciting times, that's for sure. Yeah, that happens, huh? That happens. There's just guys that just pick it up like quickly. Oh my God, it's so much better. It's crazy. Yeah, well, someday, someday. <laughs> I hope so. You know, if not, it'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. As long as, as, as there's a journey, you know, as long as you keep progressing and you keep seeing that you're not stalling, I think that's good. And even if you stall a little bit, the bottom line is you're having fun. And I think it's, it's a blast. And I think that you feel so accomplished when you learn something new or whenever you get up, you know, in my field, I fly with uh, a whole bunch of airplane guys. And there was uh, a pretty good sized group this past weekend. They had uh, uh, a club meeting. They actually had voting in the officers for next year. And there were a lot of plankers flying. And then there was this pause and I thought, okay, well, I'm going to get up there and fly a little bit. And, so I flew a flight. The first part of it was my first flight actually of the day. And the first flight was just the first part of the flight was kind of slow, easy going. And then the second 
part, I really turned it up. And not that I'm, my flying is that hot, but the RPMs were up. I was doing some different maneuvers and inverted and climbs and coming back in fast and all that. And after it was all done, the, uh, the president of the club says, give him the big hand. And it's like, man, I don't need, I don't need that because there's nothing I did that was any, anything special. But, you know, for those guys, there, there are a couple of helicopter pilots, Kevin from Free Fall, my friend Buzz, a guy named Todd that flies scale helicopters. But nobody's a, a hot shot pilot. And Frank came down to fly a short time ago. It's funny. Frank says, your field's so small, man. How can you even fly helicopters here? But, but he got over it. But, you know, it really it's is. Small, a, it's, a little scary. It's, it's a little scary. That's is it smaller than RCHO? Oh, no, no, it's, it's, it's used for an RCHO. Yeah, yeah, exactly, but, exactly. But, the but there's so is, many that, different levels. No, the thing is, is that there's that big-ass tree right across the flight line that scares the bejesus <laughs> out of me. I think I'm going to hit it every time. Oh, <laughs> gosh, you South Florida guys are wimps. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Oh, it's great. It's great, baby. We're going to tell you. So, Steve, I have, I have a quick question for you. You mentioned something about the court system. I mean, what do you do for a living? Well, I, uh, let's see. In, I work for the state of Florida court system. Uh, I, my staff and I actually support technology in four counties for judges. And basically, it's everything from our network to video conferencing uh, we actually have audio and video recording in 45 courtrooms and every most, almost every court proceeding is recorded and a bunch of other technology things. So it's all about technology. It's a fun job when things work, when things don't work, I could have up to 29 judges on my back, but I have great staff. Um, I, I mentioned Kevin from Freefall a few times. Uh, he's been with us now about, I guess, about three months or so, something like that. And he told me a couple of years ago, you know, I said, if anything ever comes up in South Florida, you hear about it. I've got a house down there in Port St. Lucie. And it turns out I work in Port St. Lucie. That's where my primary office is. So he went through the interview process. We advertised. We had several people uh, apply. And we interviewed Kevin and a couple of other guys and my two senior staff. I wanted them to make sure that they were happy with whoever uh, we selected for a little while. They, they knew that he was a friend of mine because I told them and uh, they referred to him as, Oh yeah, you, your guy, you know, your guy, Kevin, but I didn't want to be the one that really made that choice, but he's uh, they really had ownership and buy-in and they, they liked him from the very beginning and he's really fit in very well. So that's it. Basically, uh, computers, networks, cameras, recording systems. Uh, as I say, it, it's a fun job most of the time, but sometime between now and, and the next year, I'll be stepping out the door. And I can't tell you how excited I am about that. Uh, I really do like my job and I love the people that I work with. They're terrific. But to be able to have more free time in my life, to do some things I'd like to do, man, I'm so looking forward to that. I really recommend for people to retire at 35, but I didn't figure that out, uh, how to do that. So uh, I'm a little past that, as Frank can testify, but uh, that's all good. And even, uh, even flying helicopters, it's funny. My field, 
you look around, there's, there's probably a half dozen or so guys every single morning, they're at the field at seven and they fly till about 11 o'clock, uh, maybe 12 o'clock. But on a Saturday and Sunday, whenever my friends go to fly helicopters with me, we like to get there by 10 or 11 o'clock. Most of the plankers have already uh, left or they're in the process of packing up to leave. And as I said earlier, we don't care about a little bit of wind and a lot of those airplane guys do, but you look around that little group and you know, you see a lot of, I'll say, I hate to say gray hair or white hair. Hey, watch your mouth have, now, I got. I, I pay to have my hair colored like this, Frank. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's worked well. <laughs> it's worked well for me. But, you know, really, I think I try to encourage them. And I think that in the next year, there'll be a few of those guys that'll really start looking at helicopters and considering that. Uh, I think that people that fly airplanes, it, they're a little bit easier than helicopters. But I think really it's a process. A little bit. And, a little bit well, yeah, like it depends it. on what you want to do. It depends on how sophisticated you want to get. But I really do think that uh, all it takes is a little bit of practice and having somebody hold your hand a little bit in the very beginning. And I think that most of those guys, particularly the guys, some of the guys, no doubt about it, should not even think about touching a helicopter. But some of those guys are very accomplished with airplanes. And even the president of the club, he said, uh, oh, my gosh, I, I could never fly helicopters. He said, I can fly EDFs. You know, the jets, I can fly these airplanes like crazy. But he said, no way with, with helicopters. And I said, why? And he said, well, I, I've tried them a little bit before. And he said, the problem is as soon as you, you know, I'm fine with the nose away from me. But as soon as you turn it back towards you, some of the controls are backwards. And I said, yeah, but you know what? I used to fly airplanes once upon a time. And I said, whenever you turn an airplane towards you, how are the controls? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, some of the controls are backwards. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit of it is time. And having somebody help you. Also, the other part, realistically, a lot of those guys at my club are flying 100, 200, maybe $300 airplanes. A few of the guys are flying three or $400 EDF jets. And they say, oh my gosh, I got a very expensive jet. It cost me uh, $300, $400. And, and I'm thinking, man, I got a Goblin 700. Give me a break, man, between $2,500 and $3,000. So, you know, but anyway, it's, uh, as I say, I think the hobby's a blast and I'm not going to let age slow me down. I'm, I'm thinking that whenever I really step away from the regular workday and I'm retired, uh, I'm thinking my flying skills will, will do nothing but get better, at least for a while. That's what I'm at least talking myself into. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely think that'll happen um, because, you know, I fully agree with you. It's just a matter of what they say stick time i mean it's it's all about um just being able to go out there and fly and fly and fly and fly and fly and the more you do it the better you'll get at it absolutely actually i heard a i was at uh in orlando a couple of weeks ago and i went by had to be in orlando for business and kevin and i went by graves hobbies he had never been to graves and so i thought okay I'll take him over and, and give him an orientation Went back in the back and we saw Mark Graves. You know, I don't know if you've ever been to Graves Hobbies in Orlando or not Javier. If you haven't ever been, just to walk inside, look around. It's amazing the things that are hanging from the ceiling. But Mark was talking about uh, a couple of guys that he is working with learning to fly helicopters. And he was explaining, you know, it's interesting to hear some of the guys at one time was like, you don't want to fly anything 
smaller than a 500 or smaller than a 700 once you get up to 700s. But now people are talking a lot about the logo. What is it? 200, I guess it is. And, yeah. and Frank, you, you have probably, I don't know if you have one or not, Frank, but uh, it seems to be a helicopter that like Steve Yoon, he flies it, he bashes it up. It sounds like he flies it and crashes it, flies it and crashes it and, and repairs it a lot. But uh, certainly it's a heck of a lot cheaper. It sounds like it's a lot more durable than your typical 700 crash. And whenever you crash the 700, uh, I kind of joke with people and say it makes my eyes water up a little bit, you know, but the 200, it's not quite as bad. But it's interesting to see Mark and Mark's been in the hobby for a long time. He talked about Burt Kammerer in his younger days and how he would go out and he would Every afternoon he would fly. He would fly many, many flights every afternoon. And he would actually call his wife and he'd say, hey, look, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to be home late today. I, I have a business meeting, so I'm not going to be able to. Or he would fly during the day and then he'd have to actually really work later into the evening because he spent so much time flying during the day. And I think it's that repetitiveness and knowing what works and then knowing what doesn't work and working around that until you finally get that mastered and then moving on to the next thing. So I got a long way to go. Cool. I like it. I like it. How often are you flying now, Frank? Every Sunday, religiously. And how many flights do no you typically put in? Uh, somewhere between seven and 10, depending on the, yeah, that's cool. on the Sunday. Sometimes I get more, right. sometimes I get less. The, the best is when I get, I, I take it there. I, uh, play hooky and take a day off from work and I meet up like one of the guys at the field like my friend Juan Juan, Juan can put 40 flights into a helicopter on an, any given day he's just charging and flying charging and flying wow. charging and flying he's just banging flights after after like there's no stopping him right so when you fly with him you get into, into this really good routine where you can just bang out flights and I think that's, I'm going to work on that this year because this year I have to say I did not get as much flights as I did last year. Last year I, did, I, gotcha. I got close to 500. This year I'm about 350 range. So I need to uh, step up my game for next year. Now, you know, you know, Rob McToon, right? Yeah. And, and his, uh, and his son, Devin, of course. Uh, of course. Devin, Devin has been telling me a little bit lately that he's very happy with uh these new these new batteries and i don't know how they're working for you but uh he seems to think man these these maniac batteries are the uh you know the, the cream of the crop I, i'm sure there's a lot of batteries that, that are okay don't get me wrong about that but how have they been working have you been flying uh maniacs for a little while now actually i've been flying them for over a year now wow uh man yeah so yeah i love well, thank you for the plug. I appreciate that. I'm not the only one, Javier, so you can't give me shit about this one. There's some people brought it up, so I'm just going to... I think, uh, I think you, paid him. you you paid him. You paid him to say that, didn't you? No, I, no, I did not. Pay I'm going to ask him for some... I'm going to ask him for some green, Javier, but he hasn't given me anything yet. No, no. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give you a battery hey, strap. I, I do have to put him on the spot, though, and, and I don't want you guys, of course, take this the wrong way, you know? But, but one of the guys I work with, he may actually be a host on another podcast. I don't remember for sure. But uh, he, he was saying that, that he really, really would like to see about, uh, you know, he said, I, I'd really like to figure out how I can get maybe some sort of sponsorship. And he said, 
Steve Yoon is always jumping into it, man. He's he's got SAB. Now he's got mini X batteries. He's got this and that. You know, I don't know how it's working. And he said, I think even he said, look around the maniacs crowd, man. He said, all these guys, he said, I think Devin may be the only, uh, I, I don't know how you'd put this. I'm, not, I'm just going to leave that train of thought and move on. But he said that, I think if I spoke Spanish, he said, if I, I'm going to try to start learning Spanish. I think if I learn Spanish, I might have a better chance of really getting into the maniacs crowd. <laughs> I, 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 well, hold on. I laughed, man. It's too funny. So hold on. Is so there, on Maniac, is there any truth think, to that? No, because JJ okay. and myself are the only ones that speak Spanish. Everybody else, oh, is, okay. uh, it's a gringo or Anglo-Saxon or an American, not Hispanic. He seemed oh, to think me, it would be it, it could be Japanese or it could be Thai. Yeah, or okay, well, Arabic, you, have, but, you, you know, Steve, Steve is Korean, right? Right? Or is yeah, that yeah. kind of uh, okay. I don't know. I thought he was uh, just I'm, a Northerner, just a New Englander. I'm gonna call him a Asian descent, and okay. then I got, and then I have, <laughs> then I have John, who's a white boy from Georgia. Yep. I have Wes, who's a white boy from Arkansas, originally from California. Then I have Greg Ringo, Jason Baylock, Jordan, Ryan. Who else? Who else? Who else? Let's keep thinking here. Michael. I, I see your I see your I see your point, Frank. Now, it, so what you're saying then is, it sounds like, it, is it the same as like a Mexican, a Cuban, and a Puerto Rican? There, it's all the same, really. It's all, all it, yeah, all, it's, all, it's, it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah, whatever you say. There, Mr. it's all Gringo. Spanish. It's all yeah, Gringo. Gringo. Okay. Oh, see, si, senor, I got you. <laughs> Well, we all speak. We all speak. We we all are, are, are exceedingly more intelligent because we can speak more than one language. So yeah, it doesn't hurt. Oh, good point, man. Good point. You stabbed me there. Yeah, you know we're able. You know, I can I can speak a little bit of Arabic from whenever I worked in Saudi Arabia. But whenever you speak Arabic in the U.S., people look at you really funny, like, and it's better not to speak at all. Yeah, I can understand that. I can understand that. <laughs> But yeah, man, I think we're I think we're coming up to a good time for ending this podcast. We've got a lot of laughs. It's been a good time, Mr. Pete. Thank you so much. Hey Abby, guys, I really do guys? appreciate the opportunity. How do you have any more questions for Mr. Shaw? Or um, I like to call him Mr. Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, no, not really. I think um, I think it was a very good episode. Um, I really uh, I really thank you, Steve for joining us as a guest host today and uh, really bringing in some laughs. At times I liked you, at times I didn't, but it was all good. <laughs> in the you end, know, I, 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 gotta, I gotta say, uh, in, I've listened to y'all's podcast so, so much. And what I did notice a few times, Javier, just a couple of times, you may have monopolized the discussion somewhat. And, and Frank usually tries to, you know, talk for five or 10 minutes talking about what he's been doing and what he's up to. Uh, and please correct me if I'm wrong. Is it Paul who's not yes, here right tonight? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, and, and Paul may talk for, for five or 10 minutes about what he's been up to and all that. And then Javier, you, you have your own show, man. All of a sudden you start and, and about 30 minutes later, these guys are trying to pull you back in. I, 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 don't, I don't know. So, 
I feel very special tonight. Y'all have let me talk a, a fair amount. I'm kind of a sort of a shy, reserved, kind of quiet guy. Can't think of what to say next. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working on that. But seriously, guys, I really do appreciate the time you put into making this podcast. And I appreciate the opportunity to be able to join you guys tonight. So thanks so much. I look forward to seeing both of you again very soon. And uh, keep these good episodes rolling, guys. Yeah, well, thanks, thank Steve. You, Steve man. That's, that's awesome. We appreciate that. And I look forward to hearing this before Christmas. I sure do appreciate it. Uh, probably that won't happen, but uh, but you'll 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 hear you'll I here's what you'll hear it before you retire. Okay, that's a deal. Awesome. All righty. So um, thank you very much, and uh, I guess. We'll...